Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me in the hot seat is John Chen, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about John. And you already know me, the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amars Kemp. John Chen is the author of the number one Amazon hot new book release, Engaging Virtual Meetings. He's been meeting virtually for over 35 years. He has produced over 4,000 virtual meetings, including an eight language meeting and they own and the only 100% live virtual conference in the training industry. So let's welcome to the platform, John Chen. Genesis, how are you doing? I am doing well, John, and I'm super excited to learn how you do what you do, because I think that's incredible. So you were doing things probably before Skype. So I don't even know what was before Skype now. I'll I'll, I'll give you a preview of something pre-Skype. How about that? Awesome. So before we dive into the work that you're doing now, I want to give the audience a chance to connect with you in a fun and personal way before we dive into the meat of the conversation. Are you ready? Ready. So there are two options you can select from. We could do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. Oh, uh, rapid fire. Let's go. Okie dokie, we're playing rapid fire with John and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question number one. Would you rather a dream car, dream home, or to hell with it? Let's go big and have both. Both. No trainer. Question two. Favorite color? Ooh, uh, now it's blue. Used to be green. Question three, if you could go anywhere in the world and money was no option, where would you be headed? Oh, uh, a small private island off of Indo- Indonesia called Pangkil. Ooh, okay. Question four, what's your favorite food or cuisine? Oh, uh, Asian, no problem. Uh, old school uh, home food is fried rice. Fried rice, okay. So any type of fried rice, chicken, beef, shrimp? Have it all. Okay. This is my follow-up question. Question five, where are you originally from? Like, what's your heritage? Uh, My hometown is Stockton, California, but my grandparents uh, came from Guangzhou, China, and Beijing, China. Ooh, okay. Question six, what is one significant moment in your life that you wish you could relive or recreate and why? Relive or recreate? Uh, Wow, there's a lot of them. So let me see if I can choose one. Uh, Birth of all three of my kids. Uh, And and the first time I ever won a skateboard contest. There we go. (laughs) Question seven. What's a quote or mantra or something that picks you up when you feel low? Uh, let's see. It's sitting here on, on my desk. What would you attempt to do? Okay. If you do, you could not fail. Oh, I like that. And 
Listen at the tone and diction in your voice when you said the latter part. <laughs> Question eight. Out of all of the virtual events that you have put on, is there one that left a significant impact on your life? Oh, yeah. Training Magazine's uh, February conference was their first virtual conference. I was the lead producer. That was the conference that was 100% live. Every session, 150 of them over the course of five days was 100% live. In addition to that, one of the keynotes was by the author uh, Eat, Pray, Love, right? Elizabeth Gilbert. And she captivated an audience in 45 minutes using no tech except her camera and her microphone. It was a masterclass in virtual keynoting. That is amazing. Question nine. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be? Uh, my former employer, Bill Gates. I did get once to share a beer with him. Maybe we'll tell that story later, but I would hang out with him for another meal for sure. And question 10. It's our pass or play question, and here are the rules. If you pass, our rules are reversed, and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Play. Okie dokie. You get three random acts of kindness per day that you're supposed to do. What are your three today? Three random acts of kindness. Have you ever heard of a blue ribbon? I've heard of a blue ribbon, but I've seen them on, on trees that like commemorate something. Uh, the blue ribbon, um, actually this blue ribbon says, who I am makes a difference. And the random act of kindness is you give one away to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And tell them why they made a difference. And then uh, you give them two more ribbons. So they actually pass it on. So that's one of the random acts of kindness. What's the second random acts of kindness? Uh, make a difference, such as donate to a charity. And the third one is, um, I once got a chance to host uh, Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins, here in Seattle, uh, doing uh, an act of good deed. Basically, we, uh, I was asked to help run a basket brigade with him. So in the course of five days, we went from zero to serving uh, dinner to over 1,600 people. Wow, that is impressive. And those are amazing um, random acts of kindness. And thank you for telling me about the blue ribbon because I never heard it in that capacity. I just normally see it. I think they, the blue ribbons that they put on for like fallen officers or something around trees. So right. I love that. And I learned something new. So yeah. let's dive in to this part of the segment where you're going to tell us how you got involved in the work that you're doing today. So give us a bit of your back, uh, your background story so the audience could really connect with who John Chen is and how your background helped catapult you to the level that you're at today. Well, it's so funny you said background, so we're going to use background. How about I give you my last two years in three minutes? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'm the author of this book called Engaging Virtual Meetings. But before that, I used to do team building. So I used geocaching, a high-tech treasure hunt, as a way to teach team and leadership skills. Uh, but, of course, this, this little thing kind of got in the way. Uh, I had March of 2020, I had 15 cancel events. But you asked about old school. Well, pre-Skype... I was on this thing. It was called Prodigy. It was the first graphical-based uh, online meeting space prior to America Online. And so I looked into my history to try and figure out what I was going to do. In addition, I wrote this book, 50 Digital Team Building Games, in 2011. 
So for years, I've been trying to tell people that we could meet online, do meaningful work, right? Save the travel and expenses and uh, have dinner with your kids at the end of the day. And everyone said, that's a great idea, John, but here is a bunch of money and you need to fly to Orlando. So prior to 2020, that's what happened. So anyways, I'm sitting in my office with nothing to do. I'm saying, uh, well, what can I do? And I said, uh, I don't make vaccines, but I can make your virtual uh, meeting better. So I put a class out for free as my gift to like help people with coronavirus at a time when you know so much crazy stuff was happening. And 5,000 people took that class in 2020. And so my publisher came back and said, hey, do you want to write your second book? And I'm like, sure, let's do that. I wrote my second book in nine weeks, which uh, um, Genesis, it's, it's funny now because they like uh, they didn't know how long coronavirus would last. So they told me to hurry. <laughs> Spoiler. Wow. That's right. Spoiler alert. It's 2022 when we're recording this and it's still going. So. Um, so we rushed the book. I wrote it in nine weeks. I came out uh, October 2020, hit the number one Amazon hot new release. And now, thank you, I spend most of my time designing and producing as well as speaking at and emceeing virtual meetings. Here's some fun people I worked with. Uh, Jay Bodasinga, the author of Walking Dead. Uh, Patrick Lencioni, who is the author of uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Elizabeth Gilbert, who I talked to you a little bit earlier. And this guy, uh, Damon John, of course, from Shark Tank. And so now can I share my number one tip for virtual speakers? Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. And you've worked with some heavy hitters because I would love to talk to Damon John just to pick his brain. Oh, he, he's a smart guy. He's a super smart guy. Okay, here. Here's my number one tip. Yeah, stand up. So stand up is the tip. <laughs> yeah. She's standing up. Look at her. Yeah. So this tip is uh, even though four professionals, right, very famous people on the last screen forgot about this. And so the tip is stand up. You can, um, you know, move your computer if you have a fancy part and if you don't have this fancy setup. Uh, but let me show you how I'm doing this version. Uh, this is what I worked on in the last uh, 24 months. I built a green screen big enough to walk in. So, right, so this is what I see, but this, in this little screen here, that's what you see. And the last piece about this is, this is what I've also been working on in the last 24 months, right? So, so this is my actual live setup. This is what's in front of me right now. This is how I produce and speak to virtual audiences around the world. Wow, that is impressive. So you have six monitors going there. Oh my gosh, when I was in oil and gas, I was lucky to have two, and now I'm at home. I just got to sit stand desk, and I only have one screen in front of me. Man, I miss my my dual monitors because it does make a difference. So your background is super impressive, and I received your challenge, John, because now I'm standing with this stand-up desk that I got complimentsofpodcast.com for allowing me to be a winner and a sponsor at a competition because I wanted one, but I did not want to pay over 1500 or um, the high prices that they cost whenever I was in corporate. And I'm like, it costs that much for a desk. <laughs> well, here's, a, here's a good side tip with that, right? Which is uh, the desk I have too has a button on it so I can lift it up. Um, it, it, uh, if you look like on a, on a place like Facebook Marketplace or something, at least locally here in Seattle, this $1,500 desk, uh, if you get them used, only $300. And I found one literally six minutes from my house. So I came up, bought it, installed it inside of here of my system. 
Um, and it's very funny because I tried to, you know, those gas lifters, you know, you put it on the desk and from Amazon. Yeah. I tried to rig up these six monitors to my setup the very, very first time. Right. And I go to lift it and here's what happens. Right. Because it's six, by the way, mechanical note, six monitors is way beyond the lift capacity of a gas lifter desk from Amazon. So I had to panic buy this desk on a Sunday and I got it working by Monday the next day. That is amazing. So, John, did you always know that you wanted to do something in the virtual space? I know you talked about it in your quick overview from team building and geocaching. And I think that's incredible because now I think team building has shifted and changed, especially with the new normal. Because let's be honest here, we're not going back to what normal used to be pre-pandemic, even though people are like, when are we going back to normal? I'm like, we are in the normal. This is new and it's here to stay, sadly, but true. And um, I just want to kind of dig a little bit deeper in there because I think what you're doing is incredible because more people have realized from the pandemic that they were worthy and they got so much benefit from working from home because they were able to spend time with their family. They were able to get their work done and they didn't have to take a vacation day to go to the doctor because excuse me, last time I checked going to my physician is not a vacation, whether it's a physical or because I'm sick. That that's not something fun that I want to do. I'm not laid up on the beach, drinking a margarita, catching the sun or whatnot. And in this case, I am very much pregnant, so I can't drink anyway. So that's definitely not a vacation for me. <laughs> yeah, so I actually have a conference coming in October, and the theme of it is this, right? It's uh, the new norm. So here, let me uh, just give you a peek at this. And we're just talking about what are all the things of this new norm here. And so the new norm is is all about... You know, you can work when you want to. You can work when you don't want to. Having that flex. I, I, I think it, there's a term going around right now, high flex. I don't know if you've heard of high flex, but it's that high flexibility. You can come in person. You can come in hybrid. You know, there is even more choices now. And so we're talking about all these things in the new norm, as well as what we're talking about in the new norm is how do you make virtual meetings and hybrid meetings right? Uh, as engaging or better than engaging than just in-person meetings. And so those are all a little bit of the different aspects of the new norm for me. And I like those aspects. And a follow-up question to that would be, what do you think about what society is calling the great resignation? Because people have used the pandemic as a reflection to say, okay, now that I know what I'm capable of, I don't necessarily need to be in a brick and mortar setting or behind the walls confined to doing this work when I have the luxury to do everything that I need to by telecommuting and doing it online. And I'm more productive and more efficient. And people realize that they did not like micromanagement. <laughs> so I'm <Shocker>. like, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> I know, home alone phase. Right. Um. Yeah, I think in this great resignation, uh, I actually talked a lot about uh, when I worked at Microsoft, I actually ran a program called Why Do You Want to Stay Today? And it was trying to prevent uh, trying to prevent long-term Microsoft people from leaving at a time when the stock was like over 120, which was like it was the very high at the time. And now this great resignation is the greatest pause, right, in the world's history. And meaning that this is not just a U.S. or local phenomenon 
I have literally talked to people around the world, Saudi Arabia, Taiwan, Hong Kong. We're actually all having the same experience for once. And so that resignation made everybody stop and look at what they're doing. And I can tell you that I'm fortunate because I did start my company. I want to go back a little bit around that history, around um, uh, why I started my company. I asked myself one question a lot, and it was, I know I'm supposed to do something. I just don't know what it is. And only once when I was going through an experience uh, as part of a Tony Robbins program, a friend of mine who's a coach came back and he says, give me a weekend and I'll tell you exactly what it is. That's a pretty enticing offer. And so I said, okay, I have the time and money. So I flew to Huntington Beach and in 48 hours, I effectually had what I call the Jerry Maguire experience where I wrote my entire business plan in two days, in 48 hours, right? Sent out a, um, a nine-page summary to 65 people, just like Jerry Maguire does in the movie. And two and a half later, I, I left Microsoft. And so, um, and so what for me is that the last, this is my 25th year, by the way, of running my own company. And, and what I can tell you is that I've spent the last 25 years doing what I want to do and not what somebody else wants to do. And that alone, right, I think is worth what's happening. And so I think that's what happened in the Great Resignation is now everybody's now had to slow down and stop and going, what am I doing? And then, and then sit with it for two years and going, do I actually like this? <laughs> is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And many of them finally had the res realization that, that, that it was no. And I think we knew that before. The statistics before this were quite high. 60 to 80% of people at, at uh, all companies are partially or totally checked out. Right? And so, you know, again, if you're listening to this, if you're not doing what you love, right, stop. Think about it. And ask very simple question, right? What? do you want and if you can answer that question i think it'll solve a lot of problems if you think you're having problems now because i think once you start doing what you want and have it um, what i love to tell people too is entrepreneurship is get someone your passion to meet the world's pocketbook mm. right and that's that's tough like right? what you love and meets the world pocketbook because if you love it but the world's not willing to pay for it right you you can't that's not a way to make a living but in this case i really love what i do i've had even people on the outside come back and goes i can tell john that you love what you do right there's many times i'll do it when i'm not paid right or i'm volunteer to do it but i'll still do it the same way cuz i love it so much and so those are the things that i think the great resignation will bring out and if if the result at the end of it is that more people are happy because they're doing what they want then I hope that that was a good experiment. I love that. And the reason why I love it is because as a visionary life coach and a person who spent 15 years in corporate America and 12 in oil and gas and energy, sometimes you get so confined and complacent because you don't necessarily want to go against the grain of salt. You don't want to go against the status quo. But one of the biggest blessings that happened to me was, I'm going to be completely honest and transparent, was being laid off. It came at us at a time where I was already at the lowest point in my life because my father had passed November 25th, 2020 from medical negligence. And a week later, I found out that my company was laying me off from global supply chain, even though I have a supply chain degree. But I say hindsight is 2020 because if that didn't happen for, uh, to me, I wouldn't have used how it happened to me to elevate for me. And this podcast wouldn't have been birthed 
And sometimes it takes you being forced out of your comfort zone to really realize what it is that you were meant to do and how can you optimize your life? Because if you are not playing or firing at all cylinders, then you are being conditioned to the status quo and the confinement of what other people are projecting onto you. So what I learned is you need to know who you are. You need to understand, am I igniting all of my dreams? And if not, they're going to end up in the graveyard. What is your why? Get crystal clear on your why and laser focus on how are you going to get to your why? What are the vehicles that you're going to use and um, how is it going to fuel you? Then the fourth one, I would say, know the difference between an imprint and an impact. What type of imprints are you making and how is it driving an impact for you to be a world changer. Each one of us was uniquely created for a purpose and we all have a unique DNA. And it's because no one can do what you can do, but you may be the only solution to someone's problem. So how are you bridging the gap? And then the fifth thing I would say is understand the difference between purpose and passion. What is your purpose and what are you passionate about? Can you take something that you're passionate about and monetize it in order to fuel your purpose and the mission that you're on? Yeah, one of my, you know, I think the key, uh, Genesis, is that um, one of my good friends who was in one of my very early programs got laid off too, and he had that. And it's a little bit like coronavirus. And I think the difference too can be uh, what question do you ask when something bad, quote unquote, bad happens, right? Which is, you know, you could ask the really terrible question, which is why did this happen to me? And your brain will come up with all sorts of reasons, whether they're true or not. Or the, you know, the other question you ask is like, you know, how could this be a gift? How could this be a gift? And so my friend, you know, the one thing is he went through my training and then uh, four years later, he was laid off by a very big company. And I think it was in a way he didn't like or didn't really want, but he, he turned that into his best opportunity. He was recently named one of the top 10 coaches in San Diego. And so... You know, this thing has really launched him into that because he took the same thing like you. He took this layoff as the greatest gift of his life. And now he can authentically tell people that story too, right? That layoff was the greatest gift because otherwise he was, says, oh, I was too comfortable. I didn't want to leave. I don't think I would have left on my own. And, uh, and so sometimes the greatest what look like tragedies or failures are in your life turn out to be the greatest turning points because they make you do something different. Yes, absolutely, John. And I could definitely tell that uh, with the success, once again, congratulations on being in business for yourself for 25 years. And I could definitely see how sometimes it's not always pretty whenever you go into business. For those entrepreneurs listening, you start a lot of times working in your business until it's at a point where you could scale up and work on your business and really automate it. And there's going to be some periods where you have to hit control, alt, delete, and, you know, hit, hit and task in order for you to, you know, launch out. But what what the important part is, is how are you growing personally? How are you growing professionally? Is this still tied to your core values, your missions, and et cetera? And be mindful that just like society is evolving, you as an individual needs to evolve. And I love how you're helping people navigate that, John, because you mentioned prodigy. That was the beginning. So you said pre-Skype. And then you see how technology has advanced and transformed. And you're transforming your business structure and what you are putting out there to complement the environment that we're living in. 
And sometimes that could be challenging in, in itself because sometimes we get so in the rat race or I say the hamster wheel doing the same thing over and over. But if that's not ending you with um, results, then you need to go back to square one and ask yourself, where is it that I need to build up on? So John, I want to throw you an audible here and ask you, is there anything else that you want to mention about virtual meetings and you know how you're bringing people together and doing the work that you're doing that will add value to this conversation before we jump into the call to action. Yeah, um, you asked about my book cover and I'll talk about just a few pieces around here. So this is my book cover uh, here, let me, uh, and so one fun part about the, the behind this book cover, actually, so the whole title of the book, Genesis, used to be called Virtual Team Building. And then I did a conference for Microsoft. So even Microsoft had to turn to a virtual meeting and they asked me to help with it. And when I told my publisher the stories about how successful we were in running a 200-person conference that was around the world, it actually ran 24/7 in U.S., Asia, and Europe, all you know, in different time zone sequences. He came back, and we both had the idea at the same time, and said we need to change the title of the book because, like, maybe 10% of the people that you know care about a virtual team, you know, that's high performing. But now in the world, 100% of the people need to care about engaging virtual meetings. So this actually was a picture from one of our virtual meetings. And all these people are real people uh, who are some of my friends. And they got uh, immortalized by being put on my book cover. So if you can see their likenesses, right, uh, that's part of who they are and what they do. As opposed to, uh, or as for tips, you know, inside of a virtual meeting, I can give you, uh, here, I'll give you the first three. So there were the, the, we have a, a six-step engage method, and every letter stands for something, right? And so E stands for engage and interact with every attendee. So that means have a plan to engage and interact every attendee that you have. Let's see if I can, I can put this out here. Yeah, engage and interact every attendee. So that's one way to do it, um, is, is to look and say, this meeting should be different because you're here. Right. Um, don't do that. Uh, don't do the part where you just you know talk over people. The next one that I have here is this. This is N is never lead a meeting alone. So if you have a high value meeting, get a producer, get somebody who's going to co meet with you. So if you're the presenter, you can keep talking and let somebody else worry about muting and emitting and maybe even chatting so that you can stay focused on the, the people. And then the last one that I have here is this. This is a good look. So, uh, you know, yeah, your background matters. Um, you know, 60 to 65% of our human communication is, is, um, is body language. So make sure that you look good, whether it's your camera, or your mic, or your bandwidth, or other types of things. And then we have this great quote that goes with this, which is, um, the background of our video conferences is key to the image that we present of ourselves, right? That our video backgrounds are key to the image we present of ourselves. So I got a great story, which is this, a guy was interviewing uh, for a job and he looked up on LinkedIn, his interviewer, and it turns out she was a Lakers fan, right? Los Angeles Lakers basketball fan. So he changes his background to this. Right, this is easy. It's free. He went online. He put it down. And so he's waiting in the meeting, and then uh, the interviewer she logs in, and she stops, and then she just she stopped, and here she goes. She goes, "Okay, you got me." <laughs> and so they talked Lakers for like five minutes, and uh, and so he noticed that she started to warm up. And so uh, the end of the good news of this of this story is that in the end he got the job, right? And so that's where good looks can really pay off. 
uh, and so that you know that you can either close more deals or get a job or whatever you need to do uh, using good looks or such as virtual backgrounds here on virtual. So, anyways, those are a few tips for you. Those are amazing tips, and thank you so much for sharing that, um, John. And I think I could just lump that in with um, the call to action, or do you have a specific call to action where you want to drive the audience um, to check out another resource that you have, or if not, just plug your website and where you primarily hang out on social media? Yeah, thanks for that. Um, here, these this is all the places that I hang out here. Uh, I, we have a great uh, facebook.com slash group slash engaging virtual meetings. That's a free Facebook group. We have 1,400 people. We post the latest stuff that's happening on all virtual meetings. Um, and so you can join me there. Otherwise, here's uh, my LinkedIn. This is on where I'm on Facebook. And you can always email me. I'd love to reach out. Anybody who has like a virtual challenge, meeting challenges and just wants to see another perspective on it, I'd be happy to chat with you at any time. And thank you so much, John, for coming into the community today and just sharing your your knowledge and your insight, because what you do is amazing. And just to hear the success that you have around it, um, you were doing it before it was even a thing or popular. And now people are conditioned to, okay, this is where, where we need to be. So it this is definitely a um, relevant topic. And once again, audience, I will have John's um, contact information in the show notes like I always do. So all you need to do is read, scroll on down and connect with John. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe and follow. We're on 40 plus platforms and you could also see the video to this recording on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. I want to thank each one of you for supporting on a regular basis. Because of you, we're ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com. And that brings me to a big ask. Yes, I am asking for help. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And it's for brand sponsors. So if that's you and you want to cross-pollinate our audiences and go further and faster, reach out to me by sending me a personalized email to genesisamariskemp at gmail.com or checking out my website, genesisamarskemp.net. Until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel. Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G E M S, with W I T H, Genesis, G E N E S I S, Amaris, A M A R I S, Kemp, K E M P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, Your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.